0: Welcome to this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, and, and Bubba, we we are excited. I mean, it's going to be Bubba Rama uh, here on this edition of Rick and Bubba University because we have another famous Bubba. Rick, we
1: do. I'm sure we're Ken somewhere down the line if yep. we look far enough. Uh, Rick, our guest today, he has won many, many golf tournaments, including a couple of Masters. He's one of the greatest players to ever step on the course. The one, the only Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson.
2: Bubba, Bubba Watson. Welcome. Bubba Watson thank you well, thank you it's always nice to see another bubba you know it, it is it we got to hang
0: together if only know? if only he was a left-handed golfer we'd really have something going <laughs>
1: here
2: And know if i was good with the microphone so.
0: <laughs> well
1: i tell you a common area though i like ice cream and when i found out you had an ice cream shop i'm kind of mad we didn't schedule this to be done there
2: <laughs> yes exactly should have a live show
1: <laughs> so
0: how is the ice cream shop doing
2: it's doing quite well They're, people love
0: sugar it's weird <laughs> <laughs> that was a no-brainer, wasn't it? Hey, yeah, what do you yeah, think yeah. about me selling ice cream? I love it. Gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like uh, when Bub and I were in a small investment group one time, and I kept trying to get them to invest in Krispy Kreme, and, and everybody thought that I, oh, let's do that. I said, guys, no matter what the economy, no matter what's going on. I think it's even pandemic proof. I said everybody will always eat donuts. Why are we not investing in this?
1: Yeah, things come and go, but donuts and sugar stay there. As a matter of fact, Bub, I keep a uh, uh, you know a bag of peanut M and M's, which I call a, a, a somewhat healthy ch- snack here, handy just in case our blood sugar
0: gets low. Exactly, makes sense. That peanut is very healthy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's why he calls it a somewhat healthy snack. So let's talk a little bit about the book. The book is up and down. Uh, victories and struggles in the course of life uh, it'll be available everywhere on November the 2nd. And um, so, you know, I know that um, when when somebody says, why don't you sit down and why don't you unpack our life? I mean, your life. So we all can look in and see it. Uh, was that, uh, was that something in the beginning that, that was a daunting task? Because you you're pretty straightforward and pretty open in this book and, and uh, you know, revealing some things that, that are pretty personal.
2: Right. I, you know, What I found out, um, you know, the first chapter hits you hard. It's rock bottom, right? And um, and what I found out in rock bottom is I've got to share. And if I don't share, I'm not helping myself. I'm not having a close relationship with my wife of 17 years married. Um, The people around me, my team around me, I'm not sharing with them. So I'm I'm dealing with something they can't see or they can't feel. Um, But for me personally, I needed to let it out. So I let it out to my wife. I let it out to my friends, and then give it to the world because you want the world to see it, but not only to see it, but they will, maybe I can help one other person. Um, So really when it comes down to talking, I can talk all day. And especially talking about me, I'm to the point now I've done so much in my career. I've tried to hide things in my career. I've tried to hide things personally. And I am just, I'm too old to be worrying about that (laughs) anymore. You know, I mean, half the world's going to like me, half the world's not. So let's go ahead and give them all the, all the ammo, I guess.
1: Bubba, touch on a couple of the issues that you're talking about you're going to uh, address in the book. And I, and one of them, I know, is just the pressure of being a world-class athlete competing on the highest level. And, you know, I know people at home see that and they think, wow, it's a great life, and I'm sure it is. But yeah. there are pressures that come with it. Uh, once you get there, you got to stay there. And, and there is a lot of pressure with that, isn't there?
2: Right. And, and really, the, truthfully, the, the, that pressure, the athletic pressure, uh, wanting to stay there on top is coming from me. It's not coming from anybody else. My yeah. wife doesn't care how I play golf. Um, and so once you win the Masters or win a golf tournament, um, you want to do it again. So the next week you want to win again or the week after. The, and you're like, so now you start second guessing. Why am I not winning? Why am I not playing as good as I did? And all we do is remember the good time. We don't think about what it took to get to the good time, or what it took, how many years it took of practice to, to somehow luckily hit a shot out of the woods and win. Um, and so for me, I kept building this pressure. And then I hear people um, making fun of me on social media or um, on TV, and Bubba's this, Bubba's that. Um, they don't know who I am. They don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what they're going through. They don't know what charity dollars I've, I've been a part of, they don't know what I'm trying to do at my hometown. Um, and they're calling me these names or saying I'm not very good at a golfer and they're judging. And it feels like to me, they're judging me as a person on my golf scores. And I, you know, that's where the pressure starts building in my head. And then the pressures of trying to be a, a man of faith, trying to be a Christian man um, in this tough world, then having uh, two adopted kids um, trying to raise them the, the best way I know how um, with the other pressures of I'm going to explain to them about adoption and then trying to be the man that my husband needs. So, I mean, life in general, forget sports. Now, life in general is just hard. And um, so when you add all that up and then with the business life, uh, it's it's not easy. And so, you know, I, I wanted to point out that I have issues just like anybody else. doesn't matter how many times you win a tournament. Right. Uh, we're all going through something. And yeah. so I just wanted to share for my own
0: benefit, but hopefully other people's benefit. Well, you've done that, and and I think both of you hit on it. I, we we always have this um, illusion that that person, just because they've been given some sort of platform for whatever reason, their life is, is so much easier than my life. They can't relate to what I'm going through. They never go through what I go through. If I could just be, you know, somebody who won two masters and be <laughs> and that in fact it could be anything. It didn't have to be that. It could be a, a rock star. It could be an actor. It could be you know some person of standing, and I think what you've done is two things when, you, when you're open about this, is number one, you, you're helping other people because they're seeing that they're not in this alone. But at the same time, it's got to be therapeutic for you because it's helping other people, which then helps you to also deal with what you've been dealing with, going, look, what I've been through is actually making a difference. It's actually helping people. And so I'm glad that you decided to do that because I think you're going to find that it's also going to be you know, therapeutic for you that what you've been through is going to help other people.
2: Right. 100%. Um, Since I've announced the book and still played golf tournaments over the summer, I've had fans, I've had volunteers, uh, sponsors, other players um, come up to me and thank me. Um, Caddies as well. um, Thank me. They get to share with a family member or they get to deal with their own stuff and so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an eye-opener to me. Um, and the more we hear about other athletes using the platform in this way, I think it's gonna we're going to dig deeper in our country and our world that there, a lot of people are going through a lot of things.
1: Bubba, you mentioned your Christian faith. Tell us a little bit about your story, how all that came about.
2: <laughs> it's a great question. Um, a, a girl took a chance on me uh, and asked me to go to a, a church uh, in Baghdad, Florida, and, um, when I was, I would have to say either 18 or 19, right before I went to college and, um, you know, I asked the Lord into my life, but it was more of a seed was planted, but not really watered. Yeah. Um, and then when I met my wife, fast forward a few years, when I met my girlfriend at the time her wife now, um, I could see that she wanted to, uh, she wanted to follow the Lord. She, she grew up in the church. But when you go to college, you you don't have a church home, your parents aren't with you, all these things. And she was playing basketball, traveling on the weekends with a team at Georgia. I was traveling with a golf team, and um, so you just kind of get away from it. And y- again, you needed the seed that needs to see be water all the time to grow, just like anything, right? And um, so when we met first date, she told me she wanted to follow uh, Jesus, she wanted to go back to reading the Bible better or uh, more, and um, she told me she couldn't have kids, and so. We, we were past the puppy love. We were past, um, all this childhood stuff and it was our date. I was about to turn pro at golf. She was already pro basketball player. Um, she was rehabbing at Georgia at the time. And, um, and so we just talked like, like two grown people. And I said, God will always provide a family for us, even though you can't have kids. And, um, so that was the first date. And then we talked about Jesus and we talked about some things, um, and in the book, I, I tell in the book that we sin for a little bit, um, and then we, we made a stance that we were going to stop. Um, and, and so my walk has been slow, kind of like my process of anything, trying to do it on my own. Um, my, my process has been slow, but over the years of my ups and downs, um, I've, I've learned. I've learned a lot more from the, from the downs than the ups, because the ups, you feel like you're invincible. You don't need any help. Uh, but the downs show that we truly do. And without my beautiful wife, uh, I said, for 17 years married, 20 years uh, together, without her leadership, Um, who knows where I would be and what I would be doing. Um, But now the role over the last few years, I've tried to step up as a man and and be the leader, uh, faith leader. I've always been the leader of the house, but the faith leader in our house uh, is is kind of switched over the years with my
0: deeper knowledge and and more getting into the word. All right, let's come back. We'll talk more with Bubba Watson. I want to do a follow-up question on that too, because there's something interesting, you know, that I noticed uh, reading the book involving your wife and, 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 and her faith. And I want to ask you if it was something that was beneficial. We'll get some other stuff when Rick and Bubba university, the podcast continues. Welcome back to Rick and Bubba university, the podcast, Bubba Watson is our guest, Bubba. You were talking about, and it's a very similar story, um, uh, that, uh, in my life too. And where, you know, if you come from the South and you come from the Bible belt, you, 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 you never were raised agnostic or atheist or anything like that. But then there, there comes that point where you realize, like you talked about, I believe the right things but I've got to take that step that I leave faith in myself, truly repent of sin and put faith in Christ. And you were talking about your wife, um, uh, and, and, uh, she, she's from Canada, right? Do I, do I have that right in the book? You're talking about that. She's from Canada. Do you, do you, do you feel like that she helped you faith wise because she didn't come out of cultural Christianity? I mean, Canada is, uh, really, really a secular country and, and, and my wife and I have, have done some work there and and it's not like here where it's real easy to say you're a Christian. Everybody's like, yeah, especially in the South. Yeah, we all are. You know, do you think that, do you think the fact that she had to really have a genuine faith in Canada versus what, unfortunately, sometimes we really don't have to, do you think that she was bringing something like she was almost further down the road because of where she came from?
2: So yes, 100%. Um, so her parents, um, her parents are from Newfoundland which is, you know, I always call it the 30 minute time zone. It's like an hour and a half from the Eastern time zone. And so, or the rock, however you want to call it, it's the rock or the 30 minute time zone. And so I've been in Newfoundland a couple of times, but her um, granddad um, was a pastor, was a, was a preacher um, at the, uh, on Newfoundland at the rock. And so when they moved, when her parents moved to Toronto, um, they had that background. Her dad, you know, lived in the church, right? Because her, his dad was a pastor. And so she grew up in the church. So she, she was definitely way beyond light years beyond me and still is. Um, and so, you know, again, like I said, somebody, a girl took a chance and and actually stepped out and said, Hey, Bubba, all your friends go to this church in Baghdad. Why don't you go on Wednesday nights? That's like team night. And, um, and so I said, okay, and then I knew all the people. I was like, wait, I thought this was boring, you know, no fun. And these are all the people that I hang out with anyway. And then, like I said, uh, meeting my wife and seeing who she was, realizing her personality and what she, this wasn't who she wanted to be or what she was trying to be. Um, you know, I, I said something to her and it, and it triggered something where she talked about her faith and growing up in the church. Um, and then she watered it and she led me, um, tremendous path of, of being better. I'm still gonna have some downfalls along sure. the way. Sure. Uh, but but yes, definitely. Her her stronger faith than me, especially at that moment um when we met. And she she was a, a big leader in my my life.
1: Bubba, let me ask you a question outside of golf. Obviously, you play a lot of golf. You have to. What is your favorite thing to do other than playing golf?
2: <laughs> oh man. Uh well, I've got a lot of things. Um but the, the thing that I live for, I just love going to NBA games and sitting on the court side and talking to the other athletes. Yeah. I love shooting the breeze. I love pulling for them. Um, I love telling them I'm praying for them uh, because, you know, their life is, is they're more on TV than we are, right? We're, if you're up on the lead, you're on TV, but you're on SportsCenter nonstop in, in certain athletes' And especially NBA players, right? It's because uh, it's easy to see the highlights. It's easy to get the highlights because of the camera angles. And so, you know, I love going to the NBA games and, and meeting with those boys and, and talking to them and uh, interacting with them in a positive way. Uh, it's been it's been fun. Uh, and now with my kids, though, my kids love fishing. So mm. behind my house, we can, <laughs> we have dolphins show up behind my house. And uh, so now going out and um, just fishing in the boat is like you're away from your phone. You're you're at peace with the world, and it's just you and your family on the boat. Uh, that's a that's been fun over the last uh, I'd say year year and a half, especially during the pandemic.
0: Do you uh, do you shoot any rock? You're a pretty good basketball player. Uh, in his khaki shorts. So I read about that. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I, I read I, about you know, that. I, I think I'm an athlete, but if there's <laughs> one sport that I I need an improvement in is dribbling the basketball. But I, I feel like I can shoot. I have the touch. You know, I have the finesse, but dribbling past somebody is the hard part.
0: <laughs> well, well, look that that story about the first time your wife saw you playing basketball. And she was still, I guess she learned to be gracious. But, but you, you, you describe what you were wearing. That, that, that was not the best foot forward to get started. You're really fortunate that that worked out.
2: I, either I can talk really well or she thinks somehow I look good because that combination <laughs> of clothes on the basketball court was not the right, the right outfit. Tell, tell
0: Bubba if he, if, what you were wearing. You, you, it's like you, you were, you were kind of hung between two worlds. Is this the khaki pants, yeah, and, and, the khaki shorts. And, yeah. And all of a sudden the basketball broke out and you just said, I'm in. Yeah.
2: So I knew some of the, so my wife's a year older, so she was already in the WNBA, got her, uh, tore her ACL. And uh, so she's back rehabbing and, she walks in on crutches um, talking to some of the girls because I already knew some of the girls on the team. So I played basketball with them and practiced with them and goofed around with them. And and um, I wore University of Georgia issue khaki shorts um, that that we got for the golf team, um, a belt. Yes, I had a belt on. And then I had a white T-shirt that said Georgia golf. Then I had, um, had white socks pulled up to my calves. And then I had black. Uh, jordan's on uh michael jordan's um and um so that's what i looked like so i didn't fit in right i, right. I didn't i looked like I, I tried to with the shoes but then everything else was like i was in the wrong room yeah. and uh, <laughs> um she picked that out really fast and she said like, what are you wearing
1: when we started talking <laughs> so yeah. it, it, hello if, i'm gonna be yeah. your
0: future husband yeah
1: uh, guess what guess what's coming down the pipe. <laughs> so Bubba, if if you and your wife play a little one-on-one uh, who's gonna win that yeah well she's not here
2: so it's definitely me <laughs> um, you know but truthfully I mean she she would admit she could she could when we were in our younger days. she just had a full knee replacement you know a little over a year ago uh, but in our younger days, she would definitely she knew the move she could she could get past me and then she can shoot as well but she will tell you I can shoot but I have to get to my shooting position somehow.
1: <laughs> so you just got to so, yeah, get to the she,
0: corner and let us kick it out yeah, to you. you. You just need to receive yeah. a pass and launch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. But she, I mean, yeah, top of the key, around the horn. She was. Um, it was hard to beat her when she was, you know, she was in game shape and and she was younger when her knees were acting right. Um, yeah, she could easily take me if, if she wanted to. Well,
0: can she play golf? I mean, is she is she is she a pretty good golfer? Has she ever tried that? She she's a golf. I, I
2: don't know if nerd's the right word but she loves golf tremendously um she she shot she actually shot 75 yesterday and she wow. says she needs a chipping lesson um <laughs> so today while I'm here with y'all she's she's out getting a chipping lesson at my driving range but um yeah she's always perfectionist she's an athlete so she wants to perfect it so yeah she's getting better
1: so, speaking of golf why is the golf swing so hard to be consistent oh, i mean man it's amazing to me because we love all sports. I mean, we grew up playing Rick and I both, but it's just so amazing to me how golf, you can shoot the course record one day and be four over the next day. It's what is the consistency thing with that Bubba? in mean, lightness to the golf swing a
2: little bit. <laughs> exactly. If I knew the answer, I'd make it, I'd write another book. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're kind of squeezing by pretty well. though. Yeah, what, what, yeah exactly.
2: So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And I think as you're younger, you can wake up on the wrong side of the bed and your body still functions a certain way. Right. Oh, we know um, that. Yeah. So if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, your little aches or pains here, as we get older, um, we've got to work on those, but the mind, I think the mind takes over and your, your ball position, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not a reaction. So that ball position is a little off a centimeter off in golf on the golf swing or the club face. It, it changes everything. Right. Um, so it looks like we're doing the same thing, but then your arms are opening a little bit more or closing too fast. So that's the that's the challenge, and that's why we practice is try to get the repetition, But not being a re, um, reactional sport where that ball is sitting there laughing at you, then your mind starts racing, <laughs> and then you're done after well, that. Well, see,
1: that, that's what makes me so mad because I know the ball's not running away. I ain't right. got to catch it. Right. I ain't got to tackle it. Right. It's just me and that ball sitting there. You know, nobody's trying to block it. Nobody's trying to take it away from me. Right. And I go, "Dagum, why can't I hit this thing better?" You know, it just—it's so aggravating. I sometimes. think golf's
0: one of the those things that looks so much simpler than it actually is. Oh. it doesn't look that complicated, but then you get <laughs> up there and you're like, what? "This should not be this hard."
2: But it's—it's, it's, you know, I think kickers, free throws, kickers, um, are kind of in our pitchers. Um, where you're sitting there and you can start thinking about negatives. Um, You think about the water, the trees, the out-of-bounds, all these different things. Um, And and it's different. When the ball's coming at you, you have to react and just catch it, or or you have to get it and throw somebody out. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the mental part, it it, it shows how weak we are mentally real fast. Um, And that's where – maybe that's my problem. Maybe I should get away from golf. All right,
0: we're going to come back, continue our conversation with Bubba Watson When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so we're talking with Bubba Watson on this edition of Rick and Bubba uh, University, the podcast. He's got his new book, Up and Down: Victories and Struggles in the Course of Life. Uh, It is a a must read. He's very very transparent. Uh, One of the things that uh, that you know people were you know there's nothing worse for people to be telling your story, uh, and you're like, well, thanks for telling my story, but you don't have that right. Maybe I should tell you myself. And one of these things is the, the breakup with the, the long caddy, you know, mm. every, everybody had their own opinion about what they thought was going on. You kind of set the record straight. So, so what, what, what was that? You, you say it was something that both of you had talked about uh, and it was, it was a mutual thing T- walk us through that a little bit.
2: Right. So, you know, let's go back in uh, a few years ago, we moved back to Pensacola, moved back home
0: from Arizona. Was um, that when you were in Arizona and you came back?
2: Well, we, well, we lived in Orlando for a couple of years. Okay. We adopted when we adopted Caleb, he couldn't leave the state of Florida, and so we bought a house in Orlando and moved there. And um, then the children's hospital popped up, so I wanted to move back to Pensacola. And car business, uh, baseball team, candy shop, driving range, a few things. And um, I was preparing. I've got to prepare for what I'm going to do after golf. Sure. Right. You know, right. we always we always say one swing away from never playing again. And so um, Ted Scott, a great, again, a great spiritual leader for me, forget adding and subtracting. He was such a leader as a, as a friend, as a husband, as a dad, Uh, he showed me a lot of things, taught me a lot of things. And um, so, you know, every year we reassess, we reassess where we're at and there's young guys coming at him, wanting him to caddy for them. Um, And he's got this coaching thing that he wants to do, which he's really good at because he can impart wisdom in many areas, not just golf. And so I, I we talked about that. So we, we've we kind of been talking about this over a couple of years. And then it just made sense. I just told him that, look, man, I can't guarantee you 10 more years. Uh, I can't tell you where I'm going to be next year. I can't tell you where I'm going to be in five years. All I can tell you is I love golf. That doesn't mean professional golf. That might mean I'm sitting at the drive range giving clinics. Could be anything, right? Um, could be building golf clubs at Ping. Um, who knows what I'd be doing? And so I can't give him 10 years like he needs or wants for his own personal retirement and his personal, uh, you know, his home family um, trying to pay for college at some point. And so I just told him that, you know, why not be a leader for some other young kid? Give some other kid a chance to be better than Bubba Watson. Why not go find that talent or, or make that talent? And so, yeah, I mean, we, we agreed um, and we're still friends. I mean, we talked we talk once a week or so by text message. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still love him to death. It was, it was nothing that he's mad at me or I'm mad at him. None of that.
1: Did you, uh, how did you select your new caddy? Do you have tryouts or do you have I'm, your eye gonna, on somebody or how'd that, how'd that I'm come gonna about?
2: Be, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I have no idea who I'm with. <laughs> I, I don't have. So right now on the schedule, we, we've got two tournaments, two fun tournaments in, in uh, December QBE, um, the old shark shootout where you partner with a, uh, with somebody. Um, and then you, uh, then I have the PNC now they call it, I think the parent junior. Um, and so my father-in-law and me play cause my dad's no longer alive and my son's not old enough to play yet. Um, and so those are fun events. Um, trying to get my, trying to talk my wife into caddying for a dad and, um, the guy that runs my driving range caddying for me and then have my, my son there so he can, see it and want to experience playing with me at some point in that, that tournament. Um, so, yeah, I haven't even selected a caddy yet because I don't know where I'm going to start the season. So I don't really want to call anybody and be like, Hey, I might play here. You know? Yeah, I, right. So you,
0: so you, you talk about, you've been very vocal because, you know, we were all sitting here watching uh, the Olympics and, and, and we saw Osaka and what she went through. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, what happened with her, you know, even before we, she got into the Olympics and, and, uh, and Matthew Wolf and, and you see these young athletes. And of course we had, the you know, the gymnasts and, and some of the things that went on there and you see these young athletes, the athletes that seem to be kind of crumbling under the pressure mentally of, of, of this. And I get a sense, honestly, it's not just in sports. It seems there's a generation there right now that, that, that you can be helpful in. It's almost like they're living in such a, a world of uncertainty and, and things have changed so much. And, you know, they're saying this is the first generation that that doesn't seem to be as confident about their future as maybe we were able to be uh, hopeful, you know, wondering what, what kind of world they're going to be in. And, uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about that. There just doesn't, there seems to be a lot of mental pressure coming down that was, was, was this, is that really true, Bubba? Or does your story tell us some of the, the uh, some of us, that came from a different era had the same problems. We just didn't think we were allowed to show them. Are they just being more honest? Or do you think that there there is something uniquely, uh, um, you know, there's a different unique now. struggle. Yeah, yeah, different now. Were, were they just being honest and we weren't, or is there a unique struggle?
2: Yeah, I, that's a, that question has a lot of answers. Um, yeah. So back in the day, uh, when I say the day, 1970s, 80s maybe, um, adoption. You didn't really talk about adoption, You know, men didn't feel like men if they couldn't have their own child. Um, So adoption was kind of that that area you didn't really talk about. And I think now we're we're finding that um, mental struggles. Social media is new to us. Social media. There's a lot of things coming out, as we've seen over the last months, last years. Social media, people can they don't have to put their name or their address and they can make fun of you and talk bad about you and tell you how bad you are to the world. When you're like wait you don't even know who i am and right. i don't even know who you are right you know it's it's like when media there's an article out there that says something about you and it's like wait hold on a second you never asked me a question about that right. so we are dealing with things that some of our our great heroes um you know m- musicians um celebrities and movies and tv shows and and athletes they never dealt with social media where it's easy access to dog you or or cheer for you or whatever and so now with 24-hour news cycles, 24-hour sports, um, yeah, it's a, it's more challenging. And people always think that, man, if I just had a green jacket, man, look how easy my life would be. No, it doesn't make it easier. It just means I got a green jacket or had a green <laughs> jacket because now the club keeps it. But, um, you know, so, so it's, you know, it's, yes, I, I believe that we're in a time period where in another part of your thing is we put people up. I mean, I put, I've been blessed to meet a lot of, celebrities or old athletes or old uh, movie stars and and we put them on pedestals we put pastors you know everybody doesn't matter if you're a christian or non-christian you put pastors on a level that they can't maintain yeah um you put bubba watson on a on a pedestal that he can't maintain and then when i get upset one time on tv now i'm the worst human being on the planet I don't know how any of us can talk bad about Tim Tebow, what he's done off the field, on the field. um, Just he's going to have moments, but for, for most of it, he is a phenomenal man. Mm -hmm. And somehow there's still articles and things out there that Tim Tebow is awful. Like how, how, how can, I mean, show me for, and so, yes, I think there's more and more we're talking about it now because that's what I think that's what we're learning is talking about it is helping us, but it's also helping us. The person I'm talking to, like my wife, she can discuss to me about things. I mean, gosh, I talked to my wife about writing a book because she's got to see me. She's got to live her own life. She had a medical thing when she was born. She's adopted two kids. She's a Christian. She was an athlete. I mean, there's a lot of stories that she could help people with, especially women. Um, And and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to find out. And I've always said doctors, police officers, military men and women, um, firemen, uh, teachers, they're dealing with stuff that I've never dreamed uh, of and I'm dealing with stuff they've never dreamed of. And so we're all learning this. And I think it's the, the platform that we are on as athletes or so-called celebrities is going to just, is the is the tipping point where we're going to get more and more involved in, in everyday people's lives. And I think it's more prevalent than we think of or know of. And I think we're just now getting to that, that iceberg that everybody has some issues they're working on or need to to work on a little bit.
1: And I think some of it now is just the social media. I mean, in the old days you had, you know, some networks and radio and newspapers, so you had a handful of people you're dealing with, but now somebody can pick up a phone 3,000 miles away, completely anonymous, and just wear you out, you know? Yeah. And and to people who are not used to it, you know, or when it first happens. Yeah. Uh, cause we joke, but we get plenty of hate email every day. I'm kind of numb to it in a lot of ways. Well, if I'm not getting some, I get worried now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, but it's shocking to people when they start getting that and, and it can bother
0: you until you learn how to deal with it. Well, especially like you talked about this anonymous thing, it, it, it kind of drives you crazy because you're like, well, I, I, in my life, I had people come over to me before look me in the eye and say they disagreed with me or something, but at least I can see yeah. the face. Maybe it's somebody that's earned the right to say that. Because you know we actually have some sort of relationship but but in the sports world to, to both of your points, let's say you make a bad shot or let's say you have a bad moment or let's say you drop the the ball wide open for the win. Well in the old days until the six o'clock news came on and the sports guy showed it, no one, knew. <laughs> no one no one even really knew and uh, and if you weren't at the game and, and that that's going to wait till Monday when he can' the guy can't wait to get to work to talk about it. But we sit here and we do our show and there's TVs in this studio. Well, I will look up and see some young athlete makes a mistake or somebody had a moment, and it starts from the minute we get here and they show it over and over and over and over and over, yep. and it, it and and it it, it you know because let's be honest, there really is no need for twenty four hour news and sports. <laughs> there, there's not enough going on. So what happens? Each show comes back and shows your play again, and then they break it down. It, you know, it's right. it, it's and so I, you're right. That's something that's unique to these modern modern uh, athletes. Right.
2: And we 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 missed the boat. I've been talking about this lately with my team. Is. We missed the boat that we're we're entertainers. Right. We're not we're not superheroes and we're definitely not world changers. We're, we're the Olympics started to get away from politics and, and sports. That's what it's supposed to be about. Me and you could disagree on some things, but at that one moment on mm-hmm. Saturday, our college team, we're pulling together. Right. And that's what sports is about. And I think we, we missed the boat some over the last few few years or so.
0: All right, we're going to continue on Rick and Bubba University. The podcast. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up in our last segment with Bubba Watson when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. Bubba Watson is our guest. Uh, the book is uh, Up and Down: Victories and Struggles in the Course of Life. As of November the seventh, I mean second. I'm sorry. It's available anywhere. And this is a, a very um, you know unapologetic, um, uh, you know unscreened look into the the up and down uh, of the life of Bubba Watson and what it's like. Uh, uh, to to be an athlete at the top of um, of your particular game, a game, uh, game, but you know what? You also just take away. You're a person trying to get through life. That's right, uh, Bubba.
1: I, I I could ask you fifty more questions. Obviously, we don't have time for that. But I did want to ask you about your Georgia Bulldogs. Is this the year? Because I, I know you're a fan,
0: Bubba. Be careful. You don't do and, this to and, sports fans. And
1: I know you you probably watch some of the comedy things like SEC Shorts. Uh, ha, ha, are you, are you spraying bear spray on hope when she walks up? <laughs> I laughed pretty hard at that one, That's by the funny. way, it was, was very funny. funny. It was funny. Uh, is, is there a sense of that? The other shoe hasn't fallen yet or how you feeling?
2: So, uh, you know, I was at the national championship game, um, me and my wife a few years ago in Atlanta, Alabama and Georgia right. and that pass, right. There was, there was that moment. I think it's 42 yards. Yeah. Give or take
1: incredible, incredible the, game.
2: Right. It, it was an amazing game, amazing coaching decision to take somebody out. Yes. And put somebody in. So yeah. You got to hats off, right? You got to, that's a coaching decision that got lucky or or was genius, however you want to word it. And so that pass that, that beat us, uh, beat Georgia. Um, man, I remember at halftime I was trying to figure out how I was going to get a ring. You know what I'm saying? I was, <laughs> I was like, how do I get a football ring? You know, right. uh, how much money do I need to donate to the school? You know? right, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've had visions already this year. It's like, okay, who easy. do I need to talk to so I can get me a ring? But, um, yeah, I mean, every year we always have hope, and I'm I'm easy. I'm still going to pull for them if they lose every game, and I'm going to pull for Kirby Smart, because I think he's great for the program. And Mary Beth played basketball with uh, his wife, played basketball with my wife. So we know their family quite well. Uh, we understand what he's trying to do to the program, but for the kids in general, not for just for the for football. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pull for them no matter what. And, um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I want it to happen. I mean, I've, I've met Herschel Walker. Uh, I've been around some of his, seen some of his highlights and I mean, how long ago that was that they won. I was barely born then when they won. So. Well, I,
0: I remember <laughs> it very well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're talking to some guys, you know, we were, we're a little older and, uh, so we were, we were in yeah. high school when that happened. So we, we remember it quite vividly and I, big I, dog. I, we've had Herschel on the show yeah, a several few times, times, and yeah. I, and I did a men's conference with him i walked back there in, in the green room and I mean, he looks like you could give him the ball right now and he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't do bad. Uh, I mean, it's amazing how good a shape he's still in.
1: Well, and, and Bubba too, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to play golf with Kirby smart a few times. And we knew him when he was here uh, coaching with coach Saban. And really all of our, we all thought when the first assistant beat Saban, it was going to be Kirby smart. Yeah. You know, and that just happened not too long ago, but I, Look, he he knows what he's doing if everybody will just be patient. But you know, Nick Saban has done some things that, that just you know, it, it's it just looks impossible. And it's hard to compete with that right now. Hey, SEC you, first of all, you
2: SEC football, we don't have patience. You know? <laughs> that's right. You gotta yeah.
1: win now, right. baby. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
2: that's American that's the American way. Now I want it now. Right. Forget tomorrow. I want it now. Um so yeah, you're right. But yeah, Saban. I mean, I remember Kirby when he, they were at LSU. Then they went to the Miami Dolphins. We actually went to a game at Miami Dolphins uh, when Kirby was down there and then obviously in Alabama. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was great that Georgia gave him a shot. But, yeah, I mean, he learned from the best. I mean, he's had some great people around him, some great teachers. And I think he's a he's a solid man that's that's trying to do right for for everybody, not just wins and losses.
1: And, and he knows, I think, what Coach Saban has made perfected. You went up front. You got to win that line of scrimmage and everything else
0: takes care of itself. And it also gives you consistency. Yeah,
2: (laughs) for sure. For sure.
0: So one of the things uh, before we finish up on the book that you talk about, and I think this is a struggle uh, mainly for men, but um, to some degree to to women as well, but women seem to do better with this for some reason is us getting our identity right. And uh, you know, we, we do a lot of men's ministry and, see this all the time, and, and when we we're putting together the first curriculum for men, we all agreed immediately that the first five weeks had to be on identity, uh, mm-hmm. because until a man knows his identity, he really can't function properly, and and a lot of times, men, as opposed to discovering their identity in Christ, or their identity as a husband, their identity as a father, they, they tend to drift over to their identity is what they do for a living, or what they've been successful at. Talk mm-hmm. about that a minute, because you you were talking about you had to work that out too.
2: Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, put my identity was in was in um, not growing up in the church, even though I was in the South. Um, it was golf. Golf was every sports. Sports started it. Mm-hmm. Played basketball up till tenth grade. I played football, not football. I played baseball up till right before high school started. at Age four, thought I was going to be like Don Mattingly, play first mm-hmm. base. Um, and then golf came about at age six, and so I chose golf in high school and. And that was that was it. That's all I knew. It was all about getting better so I could have a job or I could play golf professionally and I could win trophies and and do this and do that. And when I got married, uh, met my my wife and got married, it was all about me. It was all about golf teaches us all about selfishness. (laughs) It's (laughs) sad because there's no team. It's it's not like I have to do something to help this other guy or, you know, you know, I have to set the blocks of this running back or whatever it is. And golf, it's all about me and it's the the wins are about me and the losses are about me. And so um, you're right. Uh, I've been saying over the last couple of years is if you if my wife defines me as a golfer or you define me as a golfer, then you're limiting who I am as a person. Like that's just what I do or what I've done. And now I'm doing other things. But um, so, yeah, that's the struggle. I think that's the struggle for all of us uh, um, is is because I do this. It means that's who that's what I am or that's what I'm about. That's what I care about. No, I care about a lot of things, you know, uh, and then yeah, right. You have to find what your role is for your wife. If she's if you're trying to make her the best woman she can be, and she's trying to make you the best man you can be, then y'all are in the right spot in the relationship. And same thing with the kids. I was reading today a book called um, Awe, and it was the chapter on parenting. And it was telling me basically it was telling me everything I was doing wrong in parenting yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and how I needed to, to model my life. So they will see that they'll see the fruit, they'll see the light and they'll see things. And then hopefully they'll make those decisions later in their life or at when their time is ready to follow Christ as well. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's an open book there. So everything you're doing. But yes, I, my dad, my dad, um, I can sit back and think about my dad or my mom. Their identity was in their work. Um, because that's where their friends become, because they see them all the time. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to get out of that that cycle um, and focus on other things.
0: Well, we we've seen a lot of men be very successful at what they do, but then when you turn around, they lose their family. Their kids don't respect them, and they had no impact for the kingdom of God. And I think what we have to understand is that's really not successful at all.
2: Well, yes, one hundred percent. I've I've you know. I would love to be number one in the world, but I'm not going to pout if I'm never number one. Um, number two wasn't bad, you know. I got there. A couple <laughs> yeah, back,
1: but, um, <laughs> those green jackets um, but, ain't too bad either. The, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that, but you know we we have and you know like I, we role models or or people we look up to. Um, you know we put them on a pedestal, like I said earlier, and and we've seen a lot to a lot of them fall. Have they they fallen because they were trying to maintain? they fall because they made bad choices? They made they made a negative choice instead of a, a positive way to go about it. Um, it's heartbreaking. Um, I've talked to some of those guys and um, try to learn from them, try to help them, try to encourage them. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's people we see. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't matter what you're in. We've seen CEOs. Uh, we've seen high up in uh, politics. We've seen high up in sports. We've seen high up in movies, musicians. Everywhere you look, there's somebody that was – we consider a great and they fall um, because, you know, we have to catch ourselves and we have to have the right perspective and, and have that thing to look forward to. And Christ helping us uh, is what we have to put ourselves in.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was, it's a thing that has haunted me for the longest time on try to uh, live, live my life. And I, I'll share it with both of you and whoever's with this. I remember I was asked to do a funeral by um, the son of a man who was highly successful. Uh, but he, he, he lived his life being identified by what he did for a living. And, and God loved the family. They still wanted to have a funeral that would somehow, you know, still have some spiritual element to it, even though that's not how he had lived his life, sadly. And I remember the worship leader, and I think we all should apply ourselves on this one, just what you're talking about and what you even talk about in the book. And the worship leader talked to the family. I talked to the family. And as they walked away, I'll never forget this, and the worship leader looked at me and he said, I guess I need to add some songs. Meaning, what are you going to say about this guy? Uh, As far as eternal impact and as far as what he did for his family or for the kingdom of God, what we just listened was them tell us he was good at what he did for a living. I I guess I'll add some songs. May we not be on that day, if our family has to lay us to rest, may they not be told, I guess we'll add some songs.
2: Right, 100%. My, so I've, one of the things I've been saying over the last year or so, if my kids have to get up there and say he was two-time Masters champion, then I've already missed the boat. Yeah. I'm not the dad they needed. I'm not the husband my wife needed. I'm not the friend my people needed. If they have to say he won two Masters and that's really all they say about me, then I've already, I've already lost. I've already, I've already didn't do what I need to do.
0: Well, it's a great book. And Bubba, take time. Uh, thanks for taking time to be with us. I mean, you, you are using your platform like all of us. I know I can say this for myself. I didn't understand why I had this platform when I first started with it. And I didn't always understand how to use it. Uh, and it took time, as you said, me meeting a woman who our marriage was used to, to uh, take me out of cultural Christianity and, and actually repent and and be a follower of Christ and and in that process, learning, oh, this is why I have this platform. Uh, it, 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 it's really not about me. It, it's it's about trying to point people to Him. And as you've d- done here, maybe help other people who have struggles and let them know that we got those struggles too, that they're not in this by themselves. It's called uh, Up and Down uh, Victories and Struggles in the Course of Life by Bubba Watson, uh, with some help from Don Yeager. Uh, and it's available everywhere on November the 2nd. And on behalf of all of us, Bubba, thanks for taking time thank to thank you us. so much. Thanks for having me, man. It really, it really means a lot. Thank y'all, uh, Bubba Watson. Thanks for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.